Big wins for Republicans, big losses for Democrats, big shock for the media, and new strategies for next year's elections. This is Beat. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Oh God, what a night last night, huh? Um, I actually am running really late today because I couldn't keep up. With all the audio that I cut today, it was really just absolutely an insane night last night. Uh, Republicans won big in the off-year elections yesterday. Glenn Youngkin upset Terry McAuliffe to become the governor of Virginia. This was a huge upset. Uh, McAuliffe was actually up by something like 20 points at one point just a few weeks ago. And then he started making mistakes all over the place place. Uh, Youngkin ended up beating McAuliffe by two points in a state that has been pretty solid, has been solidly blue for the, since 2008. Joe Biden won the state by 10 points. So right off the bat, you had a 12 point flip of the state. That is absolutely huge. We're going to go over Youngkin's victory a little later because I think it's going to be important for Republicans in the near future. During an interview on MSNBC, leftist political analyst Larry Sabato was asked how bad it was in Virginia. And he was asked this before the results were actually fully in. Um, He said he had talked to one of the staffers for the McAuliffe campaign. Yeah, this is what he said. Quote, the story is, I'm not going to call it a blowout because we don't have the final numbers, but I will tell you somebody somebody in high up in the McAuliffe camp who was there with McAuliffe put it this way to me about an hour ago. It's a bloodbath. And so far, everything we've seen pretty much falls along that line. Well, it turned out to be a bloodbath. It wasn't just the governorship that the Republicans won over there. Winsome Sears, a Republican Uh, became the first black woman to win the Virginia lieutenant governor's seat. Sears is from Jamaica. She's a former Marine. And in her speech, she showed nothing but unity and appreciation for the United States. This gal is very articulate. And I got to tell you, she sounds like she could be going far in the future. Unfortunately, she's from Jamaica, so she can never be president. But... I think her political career is going to take off. Listen to part of her speech. I'm telling you that what you are looking at is the American dream. The American dream. When my father came to this country, August 11th of 1963, he came at the height of the civil rights movement from Jamaica. He came and I said to him, but it was such a bad time for us, why did you come? And he said, because America was where the jobs and the opportunities were. And he only came with a dollar seventy-five. One dollar and seventy-five cents took any job he could find and he put himself through school and started his American dream. And then, yes, and now he's comfortably retired 
And then he came and got me when I was six years old. And when I stepped on that Pan Am Boeing 737 and landed at JFK, I landed in a new world. And so let me tell you this. I am not even first generation American. When I joined the Marine Corps, I was still a Jamaican, but this country had done so much for me. I was willing, willing to die for this country. I knew that was a little, I know that was a little bit long of a uh, cut, but I mean, it was so great. And I, I could have played another two minutes. It was a great cut. Go, go to dumbassestalkingpolitics.com and you can see the entire seven minute speech. But that's what we need in this country. But it, it, we need someone like this. We need someone who really appreciates this country. Because people, here's the problem with the people within this country right now. They've never had to suffer. They've never had to go through anything. This person did. She appreciates it. And look where she's gone. But that wasn't it. Jason Mayeris, uh became the first Hispanic Virginia Attorney General. He's also a Republican. But you got a question, hey, oh, what, what's the governor, what's the, what's the lieutenant governor they're going to be able to do without the House of Delegates for Virginia? Well, guess what? The House of Delegates also became Republican by one seat. Beating, this turns Virginia red. But there's a lot more victories. It wasn't just Virginia. There were victories throughout the country. Republican Ann Donnelly won a race for district attorney. An office no Republican had won since 2001, again defeating uh, Todd Kaminsky. She won in Nassau County, New York. Republican Bruce Blaken declared victory for the race for Nassau Nassau County Executive in New York. Republican Elaine Phillips, a former senator, also destroyed Ryan Cronin in Nassau Comptroller's race. In Suffolk County, New York, Republican challenger Ray Tierney defeated incumbent Democratic District Attorney Tim Seney. Buffalo Mayor Byron Brown appears to have won in a write-in campaign against socialist nutjob India Walton. India Walton is a real socialist. She doesn't believe in in capitalism at all. And she lost to a write-in opponent. She was supported by both AOC and Chuck Schumer. Steve Sweeney has been the state's, uh, the New Jersey State Senate president since 2010, and he served in the Senate since 2002. He is losing to Republican Edward Durr. If you don't recognize that name, there's a reason. He's a commercial truck driver who only had $153 for his own campaign. So he basically, that I got to tell you, that's grassroots there in New Jersey. Jack Citrielli remains locked in a tight race with incumbent Democratic governor of New Jersey, Phil Murphy. Citrielli is down by about half a percent. Now, the reality is he's probably going to lose the election. He'll lose the election one way or the other. 
But the reality is it doesn't matter. The, the loss, this is a huge problem for Democrats because this is like a 15-point turnaround by, uh, by Citrielli. Phil Murphy won the state by 15, 16 points. The GOP turned state house district that is roughly 75% uh, percent Hispanic in the Texas 818th House of Representative District into red. It was heavily Democratic before. It was one of the most Democratic uh, uh, districts in the state of Texas. And finally... The measure to eliminate the police department and make the police part of the pu Department of Public Safety was shot down 56 to 44. Apparently, the folks at Minneapolis actually do appreciate the police. And before we get wild and crazy, I, I didn't write this one down in my deal, but um, the new attorney, the new uh, district attorney in Seattle, Washington, a very, very blue city you know that's the one with that uh uh that settlement they had over there i guess antifa forgot to vote because the republican a republican has won the uh district attorney spot it was a huge night for republicans in just about every way very few losses for for republicans now, as you can imagine, the media went absolutely nuts, and this is what took me so long because it's just I felt I was watching CNN and MSNBC most of the night because I just couldn't. I, I, Fox News, they were happy as, as, you know, happy as flies on the crap, and I was just like, no, I'm not interested in watching. I want to see misery. So here's uh, here's one. Um, here's the first clip from CNN. This is Kirsten Powers, and she's arguing with some some other blonde chick. I don't know who she is. Um, and we can see how they're going to deal with in calm fashion with how they got their asses kicked yesterday. Listen to these two. There was all of this, you know, talking about critical race theory and and representing it as if. It was happening in elementary school, which, of course, is not even being taught there. But it's there were a lot of these hot button cultural issues, I think, that um, that 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 Youngkin was really able to use to his advantage. Um, I don't think that that's right, because I think it was misrepresented. But this this is now, I think, also the Republican playbook is is to use these issues to scare people, basically. Um, a, a feeling out of control, you know, that, that everything's out of control with their children and they need to be protected from these people with this, uh, demagogues and this agenda, right? Yeah, sure. I mean, let's be clear. Some of it was dog whistle. Yeah. Right? Some of it was uh, dog whistle racism. A thousand percent. But, but for a lot of voters, that's not what it was. It was more this this anxiety when it comes to schooling, having had their children out of school for so long and obviously those not being choices that they made but that were dictated for them they may have agreed with them but many clearly disagreed yeah um, I, I do think and I, I have been saying this for a long time I, I do think that a lot of times we look at these things and we we read a lot into them um, when when my ultimate takeaway is that whether it's Democrats or Republicans everybody's pretty unhappy and this is one thing I do I do agree Yunkin did address the itch issues, and the issues are in themselves cultural. 
And that's why he did win. Now, she's talking about, well, he used them, and, and the idea there is that he isn't on the right side of the cultural issues. We're going to talk more about that later. Okay, we're going to talk more about that later, because I think this is something... Yunkin, I think, really opened the doors for the Republicans in that now we know how to deal with things. And we're going to talk about that. But the, here's the other thing. The racist dog whistle thing, I, it's just, it's so stupid. Why do they keep doing it? It's really dumb. So, whatever. That's that's what they're going to do. Here's Van Jones. You know, good news, he's not crying, so that that's a thing. But here's Van Jones being a moron, too. Um, first of all, it's not over. Um, you do have the, the grassroots uh, folks out there uh, fighting for this on the Democratic Party side. The stakes are high. Uh, when this election is over in Virginia, we will know. Have we seen the emergence of the Delta variant of Trumpism? The Delta variant of Trumpism. In other words, Yunkin, uh, same disease, but spreads a lot faster and can get a lot more places. These guys seriously work really, really hard to sound intelligent and sound clever. Um, I'm just like, uh, wow. So basically you're calling the concerns of people a disease. That's, that's the way to embrace people, I think. This is kind of the reason no one's watching CNN. By the way, Trump hasn't been president for 11 months. He never campaigned with Yunkin. And Yunkin mentioned Trump twice. Now, that's not to say Yunkin didn't support Trump. He did, but he also realized very intelligently that Trump is a polarizing figure and he thought it would probably be best if he kept Trump out of it. But Van Jones, who I actually like because I think he's pretty smart and he seems like a real even-headed guy. He seems like a guy who doesn't scream racism all the time. He did make a point about something that I totally agreed with. And he and um, something Axelrod, he worked for, for Obama, they both agreed that this could be a real problem for the Democrats if they don't get their heads out their butts. I think that the Democrats are coming across in ways that we don't recognize that are annoying and offensive um, and seem out of touch. And no connection to uh, people who work with their hands, people who work with their backs, rural voters. This is correct. But I find it disingenuous when in the next breath you're calling everyone the Delta variant of Trumpism. Basically, you're calling everyone a racist because they all think Trump's a racist. Here's MSNBC. I love MSNBC because their implosions put me in stitches. I actually watched watch CNN and MSNBC last night, and it's just so much fun to watch them. Here's Rachel Maddow and Joy Reid, and I bet you can guess what they're going to say. There are some, some variables that are moving in the right direction at this point. And the exit polls show that... that which was interesting that the coronavirus or that the virus was a very has low not importance to many yes, of the voters there. Was it was education, right. which is code for white parents don't like the idea of teaching right. about race. And I mean, unfortunately, race is just the most palpable tool in the toolkit. It used to be of the Democratic Party back right. in the day when they were Dixiecrats and now of the Republican Party. It just is powerful. I don't. Well, Rachel tried to spin something positive about the results. Then Reed, who, Reed comes in, and she hasn't seen a bush that she doesn't think is racist. And blaming white parents here. And again, 
this this whole concept that Republicans are using race. Has Joy Reid ever listened to herself? She calls, calls everyone a racist. That's all the Democrats and the left do is use racism. Here's a newsflash. Parents of color also don't like critical race theory. And critical race theory is not the history of slavery. Neither is the 1619 Project, which Joy Reid pushes also. But here's the thing. They have to blame someone. They have to have a really good excuse and why Democrats lost? Because it can't be about Democrats. And see, here's the thing with the media. It can't be about Democrats because the media is pushing the Democrats. And right now, it's looking like they might be on the wrong side of history. But here's one of the biggest meltdowns of the night from Nicole Wallace of MSNBC. I threw this in here because Nicole Wallace is really hot. And her statement here is basically a lie from start to finish. Let's listen to this. I think we know the answer to some of this. I watched Glenn Youngkin's interviews on Fox News and he did nothing that Claire's, he did not, I mean, he worshiped at the altar of Donald Trump on Fox News. He flew an insurrection flag at his rallies. He simply didn't, he played dumb about a, 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 a Zoom rally. He did not really put much distance between himself and Donald Trump on the big lie or the deadly insurrection in which police officers were maimed by flagpoles. So I think that the, the real ominous thing is that critical race theory, which isn't real, turned the suburbs 15 points to the Trump insurrection-endorsed Republican. What do Democrats do about that? Lot to unpack here. Uh, first off, Youngkin separated himself from Trunk, Trump. Youngkin supported Trump, but it, he had, uh, Trump had nothing to do with any of his campaigns. I know what the BLM flag is. That's one lie. I know what the BLM flag is. I know what the Antifa flag is. What the hell is the insurrection flag? Bet it's the American flag. There's lie number two. There, there is no insurrection flag, is what I'm saying. He didn't play dumb about Trump's Zoom rally. Youngkin had nothing to do with Trump's Zoom rally. He didn't care about it and was worried about his own rallies. So he didn't play dumb. He just didn't didn't care, didn't know. There's lie number three. The only person who died at the Capitol riots was a Trump supporter. Police were not beaten or maimed by flagpoles. That's lie number four. Critical race theory is real. Ibram X. Kendi, who she has interviewed multiple times, wrote a book about it. That's five. Lie number six, critical race theory is being taught in schools. Reading lists for teachers and teacher recommendations on the teachers' websites in Virginia talk about how teachers can use it during their curriculum. There's lie number six. That's six lies in 50 seconds. That's a lie every eight seconds if you don't want to do the math. The only thing she told the truth about in her entire monologue was her name and the perfect feathering of her hair. So, we. one of the reasons why I, I wanted to do this a little later is I wanted to listen to what Joe Biden had to say about this. 
And old Joe, of course, refuses to take blame for anything, even though Terry McAuliffe said he's extremely unpopular in Virginia. And um, there are a lot of pundits are saying that Joe Biden showing up and supporting McAuliffe might have actually hurt him. In fact, he says that the reason they lost the election is because Congress didn't allow Joe Biden to spend more money, pass his stupid bills. Listen to this. It's a little longer. It's about two minutes and 37 seconds, but it's something you need to hear. Well, now I'll take a few questions. I'll start all the way at the end. Thank you, Mr. President. Appreciate it. You're not all the way at the end, but that's okay. You're up. Um, As leader of the Democratic Party, how much responsibility do you take for the dismal results in Virginia and the last night? Well, look, yesterday reminded me of... uh, that one of the sacred rights we have is to be able to go out and cast our votes. And remember that we all have an obligation to accept the legitimacy of these elections. I was talking to Terry to congratulate him today. He got 600,000 more votes than any Democrat ever has gotten. We brought out every Democrat about there was more votes than ever has been cast for a Democratic incumbent. I'm not incumbent, a Democrat running for governor and no governor in Virginia has ever won when he's of the same or he or she's the same party as the sitting president. What I do know is, I do know that people want us to get things done. They want us to get things done. And that's why I'm continuing to push very hard for the Democratic Party to move along and pass my infrastructure bill and my Build Back Better bill. I think if we look, think about what what we're talking about here. People are upset and uncertain about a lot of things, from COVID to school to jobs to a whole range of things and the cost of a gallon of gasoline. And so if I'm able to pass signing the law, my Build Back Better initiative, I'm in a position where you're going to see a lot of those things ameliorated quickly and swiftly. So that has to be done. Do you take some responsibility, and do you think that Terry McAuliffe would have won if your agenda had passed before Election Day? Well, uh, I think we should have should have passed before Election Day, but I'm not sure that I would be able to have changed the number of very conservative folks who turned out in the red districts who were Trump voters. But maybe, you maybe. No, I, I, I know we did, but I, we also, I was running against Donald Trump. What a load of horse crap. First off, no, um, in Virginia, they were winning. Obama was president twice, and a Democrat won. And a Democrat won when Trump won. A Democrat should have won this year, too. It's about, it's about him screwing up. And here's the thing that he doesn't understand. The number one problem in Virginia is not climate change, and it's not COVID. The number one problem over there is the economy, by a lot. 35% of people polled said the economy was the big problem here. Things he controls. But he has decided to double down on spending, and those damn red districts in... By the way... In the last election for governor, all the districts were blue. 
Now they're all red. And I wonder why. Not because of the genius of Joe Biden. But of course, he's got to take his shots at, uh, at Republicans, and he does so here. Again, this is a lot shorter clip, but it just shows you. This is Mr. Unification here. We have to speak to them, though. We have to speak to them and explain them. Look, I just think people are at a point, and it's understandable, where there's a whole lot of confusion. There you go. That's it. We're stupid. We're confused. We need to be explained about his genius. Oh, man, I hope Democrats stick with this till next year, till 2022 elections. Because all of this crap that they're doing right now, and, and they're, they're continuing to push this uh, Build Back Better garbage. I don't know how that's going to work out. But let's talk about this big victory, because this is, this is a big deal. Um, there are two things that we can get out of this victory especially in the upsets in Virginia and the near upset in New Jersey. I, I still think he's going to lose. Uh, I believe he, um, Citrielli may have already lost. He may have been, it may have been picked. I don't know yet, but it was very close. The first thing that I think we need to learn here is actually comes from Kamala Harris. Uh, she did say something wise. Finally, here's Kamala basically saying what, I'm going to say. Because you see, what happens in Virginia will in large part determine what happens in 2022, 2024, and on. I hate to say this, but she's absolutely correct. This was a disaster for him. This was a rejection of tax and spend, a government, big government, woke politics, this is going to be following the Democrats to the midterms. If Republicans can only remain sane, sane, follow the campaign strategy that Yunkin did, and we'll get into that in a second, and don't hand old Joe any victories, screw the reconciliation and infrastructure bill. Bills, let him go. They're not worth it. Let him bury his head on that. They also need to fight on the issues focus on the issues, which a lot of them deal with the culture. If Republicans do that, they'll do very well in 2022. Speaking of not giving old Joe any victories, Joe has become a lame duck president. His infrastructure bill might be passed, but he can kiss off that $3.5 trillion reconciliation bill. That now the leftists are saying, well, we got to pass something of it. It's not even going to be that $3.5 trillion that they passed and then they dropped it to $1.75 trillion. Yeah, now it's not even looking like it's going to be that high. Why should Republicans support it? Why should Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema support it? It spends too much money, will create inflation, will raise taxes, and Joe Biden's not popular anyway. No one wants this crap. But the biggest thing we can take out, we can actually learn from this election, is the strategy the politicians need to use next year during the 2022 midterms. And what we've actually learned from a bunch of Americans. So what did we learn from the Americans? Well, the race card is dead. I'll go so far as to say 
It didn't matter if you were black or Hispanic. You voted Republican because you saw how bad things were going. Woke politics is not embraced by the public. Democrats aren't afraid to vote for Republicans when their livelihoods are threatened. Virginia proved that. Independents definitely do not like leftist politics because they are leaving the Democratic Party in droves. And the Trump parallels, which is what the leftist politicians used to defeat their opponents, their Republican opponents, yeah, that's not working anymore. Don't forget, that's what McAuliffe actually ran on, that he, that he wasn't Trump and that Youngkin was Trump. That crap's not going to work anymore. Here is something that I think we need to really look at Yunkin. And this is going to be analyzed in the next few months. And you watch. Republicans are going to follow some of this stuff. Debate the opponent on the issues. Make your opponent not call you a racist, not call you a Trump supporter. Make him debate you on the issues. This was something Yunkin did the entire time. Education was a problem. The economy was a problem. Gas prices were a problem. He forced, he tried to force McAuliffe to actually debate those issues. And when McAuliffe did talk about him, what he said was very unpopular. An example would be parents should have nothing to do with their kids' education. Don't be afraid to get dirty in the culture war. People are actually more interested in culture. And we've got the advantage in the culture war. Critical race theory, critical gender theory. These are culture war battlegrounds. Sit back and fight those culture wars. Sit there and say, that's stupid. I don't agree with it. Don't be afraid to, to, to fight the culture because the reality is our view of the culture is correct. And it's correct based on science. It's correct based on morality. It's correct based on ethics. It's correct based on common sense. And you know something? This is the big one. Yunkin was proof you don't need Trump. You can hold a lot of values of Trump. And Yunkin, I don't think, is quite like Trump. You can be quieter than Trump. But there's no reason to bring Trump in to save your campaign. Because the reality is, Trump is polarizing. And you need some of those moderate Democrats to take your side. And that's what happened in this election. Finally, and something that I hope Trump is not running in 2024. I really hope now he's not running in 2024. But people need to be told to go out and vote. Stop talking about elections being illegitimate. This is what Trump did. And it cost us two senators in Virginia. We need to sit there and say, no, you need to vote. Get your butt out there and start voting. This is also a reason why we need to separate from Trump. He's just too bombastic. So, but it looks like the Democrats, good news is, it looks like we may not need that much to, to get us through on 2022, because it looks like the Democrats aren't learning a damn thing about this election. They're blaming the Republicans, those stupid Trump supporters. They're blaming the fact we're all racists and crap like that. Well, good for them. Okay, uh, you can visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. You can take a look at all the video and audio and links that I have. I hope you guys have a great day. Talk to you on Friday. 
This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.